Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. in an hour and a half to discuss it in, so probably less than an hour and a half, but you know, tonight, we're going to debut right out the gate, Lady Lens Corner with AEW, and trust me, in some regards, AEW is and will always be competition, they just got an extension from, or from, Network, their network, TNT. So they must be doing something right. But you're going to ask if we give AEW an intro. Um, well, no. <laughs> because I have an hour and a half in this show, so we've got time to kill. Therefore, ladies and gentlemen, right at the gate, we will probably give it a new intro sometime later. Just not now, because music is not a thing. Trust me, I've got bigger fish to fry because we've got Super Showdown. I heard completely for fucking forgot about that show. Plus, the wellness policy curse lately with WWE. We'll discuss that later. Anyways, right out the gate, folks. Like I said, AEW will come up with an intro later, but please. Welcome to the show in a week since the Royal Rumble. Please welcome to the show the co-hosts and in the new segment, Lady Lynn's Corner with lockdowns, you know, AEW. So, Lady Lynn, take your pick. Hey, B-Train, what's happening? What's up, everybody? Brand new segment tonight, Lady Lynn's AEW Corner. Shall we get right into it? Let's get her started. All right. Well, let's see. January 29, 2020, AEW made its Ohio debut in Cleveland at the Wolfstein Center. Right out the gate. Looks like first up. John Moxley came out. The number one undisputed challenger for the AEW World Championship title, still currently held by one Chris Jericho. Mm. Looks like they've got a title set up for 
looks like they've got a title match set up for February 29th, AEW Revolution, folks. Before you dive into much more, Chris Jericho, you traitor, how could you wear that ketchup and mustard nastiness that is the Super Bowl champions? How dare you, sir? Where are the Kansas City Chiefs? You are just as bad as that abomination known as Snoop Dogg, you know. You deserve to be out in the cold with the rest of the sheep. Anyways, continue. Are we done spotting our hate towards uh, Chiefs fans, B-Train? I'm not a football fan myself, but this is about wrestling, not football, is it not? Yes, dear, and we saw on social media, though, who Jericho supports. Therefore, you know, we support our competition, said no one ever. Sir, you are officially in the shame. You are in the corner of shame for wearing a (laughs) Chiefs jersey, you fantasy football whore, you. Same on you, Jericho. No little bit of the bubble for you tonight, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is. You are a traitor. You are a Judas. You are a true Judas. You are. <laughs> All right. So continue so February 29th at AEW Revolution, John Moxley versus Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship title. Ought to be an interesting match based on what I see here. And I'm no role model, I'm no saint. Moxley is uh, coming out guns blazing, it looks like. And yeah, wants to uh, beat up the beat up the crap out of Le Champion, it seems. No, I mean, Moxley and Jericho have squared off before in New Japan, and it was at Wrestle Kingdom, folks, so I'm not surprised about this. They're gonna face each other, you know, well, that's what one fan keeps saying. I'm like, I guess we'll fulfill your fantasy. I don't think so. It was Omega and Jericho, my friend, not Moxley. It was Omega. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Sorry, Lady Lynn. I'm... Jeez. I'm kind of de- Are you drunk from the Super Bowl, my friend, dear Lord? <laughs> well, well, let's doesn't seem that Le Champion feels very threatened by uh, Moxley, so... Hmm. Doesn't seem that he feels Moxley is much of a threat, and he's going to be able to retain his title easy, but yeah, we'll see about that. I mean, Moxley's a bit of a loose cannon, isn't isn't he be trained? Well, let's just put it, you know, a certain way, folks. If... um, Well... If you light the fuse to a cannonball, you know, to a cannon machine, I don't think the cannon's going to go backwards. That thing is going to launch. And like said cannonball, 
you've got John Moxley. He is both the fuse and the cannonball. You can imagine that analogy. So what that means is if Jericho thinks he's just going to deter the motivation of one John Moxley on February 29th, which is in a few weeks, folks, wow, that's close to Super Showdown and NXT's first ever takeover in Portland. Goodness sakes, well, there's a lot of wrestling to report, but yes, Moxley is a very formidable opponent for Jericho, and you know, kind of shows that the inner circle is a bit threatened by Moxley's presence. <laughs> that last week, well, it seems that Jericho doesn't think he has anything to work out so long, anything to worry about, excuse me. So long as he has the inner circle in his corner. Which, I mean, that seems to be the main focus right now is, you know, AEW's focus is on, okay, we should push this guy. We should put this guy. So it's been a, a touch of Cody Rhodes, Moxley, Dustin Rhodes, you know. They're just... Uh, to me, AEW's doing kind of a better job than they were last year about, you know, implementing, okay, who's the main person in the story, you know? Who do we got feuding with them? That confuses it. Mm. Because, you know, you know eventually Cody and Jericho are going to do this thing we call the Wrestling Tango Stories, you know, Who's going to pass the baton this time? Is it going to be Boxley, which it currently is now? Is it going to be Cody? You never know. But coming up, folks, it's going to be, looks like it's going to be Moxley. So, oh, Oh, goodness, looking at the latest tweets about uh, wellness policies. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Mm. I, I agree, folks, but this is about AEW, so please, you know, let's focus on that for the unfortunate time being, you know, as a, because this idiot from, like, apparently, are you, where are you from, sir? Oh, Springfield, Missouri. And what exactly do you have in mind to, just, you know, you think it should be last man standing. Well, isn't every AEW match, you know, a match with no rules, no disqualification, you know? I don't know. You'd have to ask. Well, I think that's pretty much the case, B-Train. Anyways, moving on from that, so we've got Moxley versus Jericho set for AEW Revolution. Moving on from that, opening match, The Butcher and the Blade accompanied by the Bunny, MJF, and Wardlow. It sounds like a uh, very, very odd law firm, if you ask me, versus the Young Bucks. Crowd favorites, the Young Bucks, showing off their tag team prowess as per usual, constant double maneuvers and quick tags. MJF claims the Bucks are phonies. Hmm. The Butcher and the Blade were trained by... 
Les Thatcher and Josh Barnett, where were the Bucks trained? Hmm. Now, let's see. MJF, dear Lord. Um, no. I give MJF credit. He's a great mic. His wrestling is a little bit to be desired. Depends on who he wrestles. Um, Young Bucks. Uh, I'm glad they're playing along. You know, they could easily <laughs> destroy most of AEW's tag team division. Because well. you've got SCU. You've got SCU. You've got... Oh, God. House of Glory's own, you know, party time or whatever the fuck they call themselves. So it's like a prime time, you know, and also uh, Street Profit ripoff. I'm not trying to be mean, folks, but you know. Street Harlem Heat, you name it, I think they ripped them all off. It's just, I mean, come on. Young Bucks, they say, well, they didn't want predictability. That's great. You don't want predictability. Hmm. Okay. MJF, Orange Cassidy, whoever the fuck, they suck. Orange Cassidy pulls a crowd. Hmm. And I'll, and I'll tell you later on in my segment, but moving on, Lady Lynn, aside from the tag team competition, you know, I'm curious, since I've kind of turned on AEW against the C the competition, to be fair, what else has gone on in AEW? Let's see. After the tag team, after the tag team match, which it looks like the uh, the Bucks won, not really surprised there. Let's see. The Native Beast Nyla Rose against Big Swole. Hmm. Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen her in some time now, have we? No. And and you know. Folks, Nyla Rose is one fierce competitor. She's the first ever transgender to compete on, you know, national TV. Not only that, but I believe Nyla was kind of robbed by Riho. And I think that she, you know, in the very first AEW Women's Championship match for the inaugural AEW Women's Championship, I believe Nyla should have won. And that's just my personal opinion on the matter. I guess maybe yeah. they didn't want to do the stereotypical big woman beats little woman. I don't know, but I think it was even more stereotypical little tiny woman beats big woman. And personally, that kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. And I agree with you, B-Train. I totally think Nyla Rose should have won the inaugural AEW Women's Championship. More or less, folks, the reason why I say this is because if you were Nyla Rose and in her position, wouldn't you have felt like, okay, maybe this is the direction the company wants to go, but at the same time, you're like, I deserve a championship. I, you know, this, this I mean, could have helped logic, you know, but that's AEW's way of doing things is doing things illogically. That's fine. I'm one of those people that doesn't follow the fucking band, you know, I bang to the beat of my own drum. But just not understanding why they didn't 
why you get... Man, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, continue, Lady Lynn, with the rest of AEW's report. Let's see. Okay. Super bad. Kip Sabian versus the American Nightmare. Kip Sabian accompanied by Penelope Ford. The American Nightmare Cody accompanied by, oh, well, now this is a name I haven't heard in forever. B-Train, Arn Anderson. Hmm. Arn Anderson, legendary creator of the Spinebuster back in his day. Before, you know, Ron Simmons christened it again in the 80s. You know, back and if I'm not mistaken, one of the original Four Horsemen. Yes, folks, for those of you who don't know, Arn Anderson, J.J. Dillon, Ric Flair, and Tully Blanchard. The original Four Horsemen. And if you don't know who J.J. Dillon is, look him up. If you don't know who Arn Anderson is, smack yourself. Right? That's most of this generation. Some of you don't know who Arn Anderson is unless you've seen WWE's Hall of Fame. And even then... The man is literally called the Enforcer uh, as part of the NWA, AWA, and WCW, and WCCW, part of WWE, briefly, which, you know, they, they, AEW's taken full advantage of giving Cody Rhodes a manager, have they? I mean, Arn Anderson's not a bad choice. And the man's delivered a spine buster or two. I don't know. You know, it, it seems like Arn looks like he could still go. But I'm going to say this nicely. I don't think it wise by AEW to put Arn in a position where if he gets hurt, that's on you. But I know you gave the old dog a little bit of a new bite. Making him managing, you know, Cody Rhodes. Jesus, uh, I'm gonna say it could backfire, but you know, what do I know? That's just that's just my personal take on you, you know, giving Arn a shot. He's the enforcer, is he? How funny! Because now he got Tully Blanchard, another old fart, uh, managing Sean Spears formerly known as Ty Dillinger in WWE. So, I mean, it's up to you guys how you present your management. No pun intended. Anyways, Lady Lynn, continue. Let's see. Following that match, let's see. An interview with Dr. Britt Baker by Tony Schiavone. Hmm. Wonder what this was about. Oh, it looks like um, Dr. Baker looks to challenge Riho for the championship. Hmm. Ought to be an interesting showing. I don't know how interesting, considering they're both pretty dull. So, hmm. I mean, Britt Baker could present some competition for Riho. I mean, she did lose to her before, which doesn't make... Again, AEW's booking may not make sense to some, 
uh, you know, it's pretty much their choice of a former May Young Classic competitor, Dr. Britt Baker. Um, strong competitor, but also very bland. And for her to be named, you know, number one contender, that's fine. I, I get it. But, jeez. It's it's not that hard for me to tell you all, but um, Britt Baker is not that interesting in some regards, but it's interesting they put her in a spotlight for which she's not familiar with. I mean, she's she's faced Riho before, but it was a non-title. And Rio is like 98 pounds. And they said, why are you so mean to the champion? Because I can be. Okay? I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just being honest. Okay? So I'm going to let Lady Lynn continue before I get off on a tirade, which might take the whole hour, which you don't want. So <laughs> continue it. <laughs> Yeah, continue, Lady Lynn, with the AEW report, please. Continuing with the AEW report, B-Train. Let's see. Looks like uh, Kenny Omega and Adam Page are going to be teaming up with the Young Bucks for a tag team match next Wednesday, which will be this Wednesday. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm a little punch drunk uh, because of all the... Super Bowl nonsense. You'll have to forgive me for that. <sighs> Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Adam Page against the Butcher and the Blade. And it looks like the Butcher and the Blade chose the Lucha Brothers as their partners. So that uh, ought to be something interesting to see on Wednesday night. If it's... uh. Not more interesting than NXT, which I doubt it would be. And yes, I know this is my AEW corner, but I still have to. I still have to assert my allegiance to Black and Gold. Let's see. Following that, SoCal Uncensored with Christopher Daniels. Aha! So they came, I guess, to. Uh, show their support and show their, what do I want to say, show that, not really support per se, but they came out to show a tribute for the late, great Kobe Bryant. And I never, ever thought I would say those words. Hmm. SCU against the Hybrid 2. Let's see here. And that's not a surprising. Hmm. All right. Looks like uh, following that, let's see, a video of the Dark Order. Hmm. I don't know much about the Dark Order, but I'm very confused as to who all their members are. Hmm. Well, I mean, there's... There's a wide variety of members, and you'd have to, well, you'd have to look them up, folks, and, oh, my God. 
It's like the, the Dungeon of Doom with Kevin Sullivan. That's the easiest way to describe them. And, okay. So you're looking at Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Alex Reynolds, and John Silver. So, those are the members of Dark Order. Those are the main same four guys. And some of you may ask, where did they come from? Look no further, folks. In New Japan, you know, Ring of Honor, PWG. And there's a shit ton of members in there. They always have extras, but not going to buy. Some of them that have been involved in AEW. Dear Lord, if I see one of you throw another bad punch, you, my friends, are going to get whacked in the face with my fist. If I see you, that's because as a former worker, yeah, I'm former manager, but even, even we could throw better punches that one time on Dynamite that you had, you know, Dustin Reynolds or Dustin Rhodes and uh, Cody, and come and swarm the ring and do an attack, whatever. Please learn how to throw a fucking punch. I mean, there's. Dark Order, you know, you've got Inner Circle. At least Inner Circle throws a punch. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <clears throat> During an attack, that is. So please pay attention, folks. You know, when in wrestling, make it look like a work. Because after all, professional wrestling is a work. And if Dark Order is in a match, close your eyes. They're not the greatest example of professional wrestling. And they're Certainly doing something right in some regards. In some regards, not so much. Anyways, uh, what else is on tap for AEW Dynamite? Well, let's see. Now we get to the main event, which was Private Party, a.k.a. the ripoff of Primetime, Harlem Heat, the Street Profits, many other much better tag teams, and Darby Allin versus Santana and Ortiz. And Les Champions, accompanied by Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. So, let's see how that went, shall we? Hmm. Darby against Jericho to start things off. Mm-hmm. Ortiz tagged in and Cassidy. Hmm, let's see. Then Jericho tags in. Let's see. I'm not going to go through all of this because I'm not looking to bore our listeners to tears. Just basically trying to sum it all up for everybody. Let's see. Did anything interesting happen? Oh, well, let's see. Okay. Looks like Jericho's team won. And no surprise here. The inner circle decided to jump in for, in the words of Tony Schiavone, it's a mugging after the match was over. Oh. And then, oh, let's see. Yeah, remember the loose cannon I mentioned, Moxley? Oh, he came out with a baseball bat. He came out so winging. 
force the inner circle out of the ring, and that gives us a setup for next for this upcoming AEW in Huntsville, Alabama, for folks who want to buy tickets at the Vaughn Braun Center this week, February 5th. And that will do the AEW report. Did you just say baseball bat? Uh, yeah, mm. it was a baseball bat. Can you say sting, anyone? Do you guys not, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a baseball bat's not just been used by sting. I get it. You know, you you have to use an equalizer. Can he not use barbed wire bat? You know, something that. Oh yeah, well, Mick Foley used a barbed wire two by four, my friend, not barbed wire baseball bat. That's that's not uncommon amongst uh, New Japan or formerly a former company known as ECW. I just. I, that AEW report, it's not cringeworthy. It's it's really like, holy fuck, they stole a lot from a lot of former companies, but who doesn't? Uh, Arn Anderson managing. What I took away from this was, holy fuck, where's your stories? Where's your feuds? Uh, you know, I'll say it again. AEW is a company that must be doing certain things right, but also certain things wrong. Trial and error, folks. They're a new company. We got to give them credit because they're competition for WWE. It says they beat them in ratings because of Jericho's cruise. I find hard to believe because if you're on a ship, wouldn't you get seasick trying to watch a show? I mean, it'd feel like <laughs> a moving hallway, folks, trying to watch a wrestling show on a fucking cruise. God love Chris, but at the same time, that's kind of damn near impossible that they beat. NXT. After all, NXT's beaten them, according to Forbes.com, they beat them six weeks in a row. And now, all of a sudden, they beat them one measly week on some cruise. Okay, okay, okay whatever. Okay. But, um... Oh, yeah. you know, like... Go ahead. Oh, no. That was it. Just okay. So, yeah. The AEW report. This will be my first of Private many. Party. I assure you, it will be much better the next time around. Well, I can't I mean, say the results, time, maybe, folks, but the format of the show itself. It'd be much better, folks, you know. She is the best she could with the crapshoot that is AEW. Sorry, I had to be honest. For you AEW fans, <laughs> let's be honest. The one few saving graces you have have now turned into. Let's recycle stories because that's what professional wrestling is. It's nothing but recycled stories. And it's one big work. So, for those of you expecting an extravagant report of detailed description. For old time's sake, you just made the list. <laughs> I see what you did there, B-Train. I completely see it. 
me come on. It please. has to make me wonder though. It maybe now Le Champion won't be tuning into our series. Uh, well, and it won't surprise me if he does. Well, I mean, certain wrestling companies have tuned into our show and others about getting attention, you know. Um, speaking of tonight, I'm very shocked that uh, the WWE Universe made it to tonight's show in Utah. I mean, there was blistering wizard, you know, blizzard conditions in Salt Lake. And the WWE Universe managed to show up tonight. Before I get into that, folks, we're going to pause 10 seconds for station identification. And why? Because we can. Okay. Okay, we got 57 minutes left in the show. But uh, that's besides the point. So, <clears throat> pause station. You know, we're pausing for station identification right here on Wrestle Radio Network Monday. Stand by. Dig it. Charlotte Challenge. Is she going to challenge Rhea Ripley after Rhea Ripley made a surprise appearance on WWE Raw? Also, you know, there's a lot of interesting, you know, gauntlet matches, even though Jesus Christ, um, surprise, you know, Kevin Owens survived as long as he did in the six-man elimination tag team match that he had. So, Anyways, you know, I got to just read this right quick because they'll sleep through some of WWE Raw as per normal, which is kind of sad, but not really. You had Angel Garza filling in for the person who abused the wellness policy. Andrade, just in case you forget, folks, WWE has a wellness policy. And it's kind of sad that now two superstars within the last few weeks have violated that. That's Samoa Joe and Andrade Cien Almas. So now they picked up Angel Garza from NXT to fill the void. And so far, the dude's doing a good job. Rey Mysterio versus Angel Garza. Garza loses by disqualification because he did the DDT into the concrete. So tonight's show from Salt Lake City, Utah. Okay, now I don't want the WWE.com results. Lesnar... 
Impact, yeah. We Ripley confronted Charlotte Flair. So Randy Orton basically showed what Randy Orton did to Edge. Yes, yes, yes. Jerry Lawler said, I think that's a much better announced team, in my humble opinion. Okay. Lana versus Liv Morgan. Fuck me. Why? Why? Why would you do this to us? But then again, I ask the question. Liv Morgan wins. whoop do fucking do Mojo Raleigh versus McIntyre. Oh, my. Okay, well, McIntyre won that match. Jesus Christ. Um... There's an elimination match. Kevin Owens and the Viking Raiders versus Buddy Murphy and the Authors of Pain. Well, surprisingly, folks, not really. Rezar, Aikam, and Buddy Murphy because, well, thanks to Seth Rollins' interference. Let's see. This is kind of funny. Aleister Black versus Eric Young. Squash match. Uh, Aleister Black puts the entire locker room on fucking notice. <laughs> so he said he would fade the entire locker room. Nothing nothing but shadows and darkness surround the ring. Good luck with that, folks, if you really, really know what's good for you. I suggest you tune in to Aleister Black because it's going to be one interesting squash match right after the other, one interesting threat right after the other. All right. Humberto Carrillo versus Angel Garza. Humberto gets blindsided because, of course, Alina Vega has to get involved. Slap. He almost gets DDT'd into the fucking concrete. Ray comes to the aid, and voila, you know, that's the point where I turned on Raw because, you know, I got here late. So, Ray wins by DQ. Asuka versus Natalia. It was a decent match up until Asuka won, and then Asuka called out Becky Lynch. And Becky said, yeah, why not? I beat your ass once. I'll do it again because that's more fun. And then, uh, you know, it's funny as Becky Lynch flexed in front of Oscar saying, see, superpowers, I've got eyes in the back of my head. That's because Kyrie Sane tried to interfere. <clears throat> and then there's a triple threat for a WWE title shot with Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Ricochet. Oh, wow, Ricochet's new number one contender. Um, that's interesting. Well, yeah, they're feeding him to the <laughs> God, poor Ricochet. I completely forgot, folks, about Super Showdown, so that tells you, you know, where my mindset is right now. Not totally... You know, on WWE programming, it's on other things. It's on WWE. It's just the black and gold brand. And that's because there is TakeOver Portland coming up with, you know, if Rhea Ripley can get by Bianca Belair this Wednesday, she then will go on to face if Charlotte Flair. There's big ifs. Because the queen, folks, this is the title of the show, the queen of WWE, Charlotte Flair, the winner of the 2020 Royal Rumble in Houston, will go on to face her or Becky or Bailey. She's already beaten Bailey, she said. She's already beaten Becky. But Rhea Ripley, the ever so famed tagline with her now is, but you haven't beaten me. Which is true. And Rhea Ripley does hold a victory over Charlotte Flair at Survivor Series when NXT 
came out victorious, even though it was a controversial finish. Still a victory, folks. So, however you want to look at this, this is a challenge for the queen. And I don't know if this is the forming of the four horsewomen again, but I hope so. I hope Charlotte faces Rhea for the first time, folks. It'd be a main roster versus an NXT at WrestleMania 36 at Raymond James Stadium, which, you know, the tickets are still available. Fans are still iffy about going because I'm going to discuss this later on in the show about how Michael Cole kind of revealed what will happen at 36, may not reveal. Maybe he oopsied. For those of you who don't get that reference, it's Mortal Kombat. Oopsie! Michael Cole <laughs> pulled one. He tried to pull one over our eyes, but those of us who paid attention while re-watching Royal Rumble. Michael, Michael, Michael. You didn't think we'd notice that you covered the Fiend's name with Roman Reigns' name? I mean, come on, dude. That'd just be like you saying Rhea Ripley instead of Bailey or Becky's name. We all know that Charlotte was going to challenge somebody. But if Michael Cole was around, boy, he'd be the worst mystery ink problem or mystery solver in the whole wide world. It's going to be the guy in the mask. It's going to be the guy in the ghost uh, ghost disguise. Before the episode ends in Scooby-Doo. Oh, you fucker. <laughs> Way to spoil the ending. Could be the worst person to sit next to in the movies. Oh, this is going to be the end. I mean, sometimes Michael Cole does a great job emphasizing, you know, in place of JR, said no one ever. Same, dude. <laughs> I mean, we're going to, before I finish that thought, we're going to pause 10 seconds again for station identification right here. On Wrestle Radio Network, post Super Bowl, whatever fucking thing it is, you know, do a thing with a thing, a thing with a thing, you know, kind of moxling this thing up. All right, <clears throat> ten seconds <laughs> for station identification right here on Wrestle Radio Network. Interesting thing that happened on WWE Raw. 
sorry for those of you who I think believe that Ricochet's title shot at Super Showdown is going to be fairly interesting. I beg to differ. NXT's event, you know, coming up soon, the first ever takeover in Portland, which should be interesting because WWE has never held an event, you know, a pay-per-view in Oregon. I mean, they've held one in Washington in California, but this is the uh, part of the West Coast that people believe needs a bit more credibility. Anyways, as I said, Rhea Ripley actually came out and laid down the gauntlet for the queen. I think, you know, is Charlotte Flair playing coy? Is she hesitating? And to answer Rhea Ripley's question, I don't know. I love the fact that they're teasing it and then give us a direct answer. <laughs> like, like I said, there's a reason why they have Lawler, Saxton, and um, Phillips because at least those three give you the element of surprise and they actually give you color commentary that ebbs and flows about if they were trying to describe a situation is what I'm saying, folks, and they're not Michael Cole, nor are they Corey Graves' cynicisms, which his cynicisms are fucking hilarious, dude, on Twitter, by the way. If you don't have a Twitter account, you must get you one. You can read some of the tweets for free. I mean, and follow them also. Create your own account. You know, it's called social media. <laughs> like, I'm about to tell this dude from Springfield, I love you to death, man. And we appreciate your feedback on Wrestle underscore radio on Instagram. However, you're really starting to annoy the fucking piss out of me. <clears throat> because everything that I've said is not just a common response. There's a a level of smarkism, if you will, with your words. But I'm not going to pay you any mind because NXT awaits its queen. Now, I will be discussing that. I will be discussing what Michael Cole said during the Rumble. I will be discussing WWE Super Showdown, Braun Strowman's first championship ever. And uh, two wellness policy violations, and a partridge and a fucking pear tree. (coughs) Under the weather, I blame the Kansas City Queefs for that. Damn weather changes. That liar, I guarantee you folks, Punxsutawney Phil... Must have not seen his shadow. But at the same fucking time, the Chiefs just won a Super Bowl. So blame them for any weather anomalies that happen in your city. Not Mother Nature. Blame the Chiefs. It's easier. It's Trust me, it's easier. By the way, I'm just going to throw this out here. The Super Bowl had the lowest attendance in history since the first Super Bowl. 61,152. It wasn't full, folks. But that's a different story for a different sports show. Anyways, and also in The Wizard of Oz, that's a horse of a different color. And no, we're not talking about LSD trips. 
All right. Folks, the following segment is set for mature listens only. So you can't say one fault. That would suck. (laughs) (coughs) Anyway, for those of you who are small children, children who are not suitable for listening to this podcast, this following segment is for mature audiences only. If you repeat any of this segment, Wrestle Radio Network is not responsible for the repercussions that happen with said teachers or government officials. Wrestle Radio Network's Off the Rails Uncensored segment is a sponsored sub-segment, which was created on March 7, 2016. It has been coined the phrase, Off the Rails Uncensored. Any use or reproduction or likeness of the title Off the Rails Uncensored is will be prosecuted to the fullest extent in the court of law. You will be fined $45 per usage of the name or title or likeness thereof or usage thereof of Off the Rails Uncensored. I do not own the rights to the cult of personality re-recorded and cult of personalities are living colors cult of personality. I do not own the rights to WWE's CM Punk's post-backstage theme, Cult of Personality. All rights reserved, WWE Incorporated, 2011-2020. All right, folks, so with all that being said, buckle up, fuckers. You are in for a fucking, one hell of a roller coaster ride inside my brain. So, Suggest if you don't have a strong stomach or you easily get offended, you fucking snowflakes. I suggest you tune this show out and don't give it a listen. But if you really want to listen to the input, listen. So without further ado, monkeys in the truck. If you're not too frostbitten, hit my music. Dig it. started, shall we? So, out of all the segments tonight on WWE Raw, there was at least matches that gave the fans what they wanted, and I give props uh, for the fans in Utah that showed up in this bullshit. I mean, you guys must be used to a lot of snow because you're near a lot of mountains, and that's besides the point. Mad props to the WWE Universe for showing up to tonight's or through tonight's blizzard. I don't know how you guys did it, but you did. They cleared the streets, I guess, well enough for a show to occur. Plus, uh, you know, USA Network kind of gave Vince an ultimatum. Like, if you do not show up, this will be the result. So he showed up. And not just him, but, I mean, the production crew that came along with. I mean, there there was not pyro tonight. As much as they would like to have it, but Pyro's besides the point. The Queen 
or is awaited by NXT. I mean, Charlotte hasn't been to NXT in quite some time. I mean, she's been through or she's been a part of an audience, you know, watching NXT UK's takeover in Blackpool a few years ago. But as far as her last appearance in NXT is around 2013-2014. And that was when, you know, she got called up in 15. And let's see, folks, five-time WWE Raw Women's Champion, five-time SmackDown Live Champion. And, I mean, she's faced her cohorts a lot of times. She's faced different cohorts, you know, from NXT. But I don't think she's, you know, Charlotte Flair plays the cocky NXT await queen. I like it. I like it a lot because <clears throat> now... You know, she's got to challenge Rhea Ripley. And if she loses at Mania, that kind of would defeat the purpose of her challenging. So, folks, it could be Bianca Belair after, you know, Wednesday night because Rhea Ripley goes one-on-one with Bianca. So she could possibly drop the title on Wednesday and then regain it on Sunday, but I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen in the span. Um, well, let's see here, 13 days. Because for the first time in a while, folks, there's a pay-per-view, actually not on a Saturday for NXT, it's actually on a Sunday. Which, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting because Shayna Baszler is still in the fucking picture. And I don't know if they're setting it up that direction, but I don't know, folks. I do not book NXT stuff. It'd be cool if I did, but I don't. And I'm kind of glad to see that Charlotte Flair is going to be in attendance for this Wednesday on NXT. I mean, as advertised it. The Queen is coming to Orlando. Wow, I mean, first you have Finn Balor that's a permanent resident now. And now you've got, of all people, you've got Charlotte Flair coming down to back to where she began her career. So this is, you know, this is fairly fucking interesting that the Queen is making her appearance in Orlando, I mean, the gauntlet's been laid down, folks. And if you think that Charlotte Flair is just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to let somebody who, you know, by, by hook or by crook had to beat me the way she beat me at Survivor Series. I mean, a victory is a victory, folks. In the record book, it shows that Charlotte Flair did get defeated by, she may call her an up-and-comer, but I call him as I see him, folks. Rhea Ripley does hold a victory over Charlotte Flair. Now, we're going to move on just a little bit in this segment about who is not there for the moment. I'm sure Samoa Joe 
Amen, you know, had a little slip up on the wellness policy. Andrade, too, for that matter. It's just, I don't know. Beginning to I'm just reading some of your a stuff. little more often. Like yeah. they just can't uh, seem to pass those wellness exams. It's sad because you think guys like RVD, guys like oh, Andrade Cien Almas, R, you know. You'd think RVD and Matt Riddle would be the candidates for breaking the wellness policy. I mean, it's been a lot of stereotypes, but here's the thing, folks. You'd also think that people like Lesnar or or guys, you know, that are stereotypically the bad guys, you know, outside of professional wrestling, be the ones to violate it. Well. Not really. I mean, it's funny, but I, I don't know how else to word this, but it's just like, dude. That's just like, dude, I don't know. It's just highly fucking confusing type thing. As always, folks, you never know who's going to pass the wellness test, who's going to be wrestling. So Andrade was, you know, written off with an injury. I don't know what they did to Samoa Joe, but I'm just, It really fucking annoys me with this shit. And I wish that Samoa Joe didn't get suspended because otherwise, you know, you have the same results. It gets redundant. It's boring. WWE Raw wasn't bad. It wasn't good either. It was another in-between show and it had a maybe one lone highlight. So it was meh is basically what we're saying. It was I wish you could have been better. And some of some people it irritates me because I'm gonna talk about Michael Cole's commentary because it gets dragged out a lot. And I mean here's the deal, folks. His commentary at Rumble was suspect because when you say certain things that catch people's attention that actually pay attention, word for word, per verbatim, you know, you have Corey Graves sitting at ringside. I don't know, Corey flip-flops a lot because, you know, he has to be impartial now. He can't be as cynic as he used to be. But when you say shit like... 
seen, you know, this and that, but then you say Reigns has been terrorizing Daniel Bryan. You just gave it away, you douche canoe. Or maybe you didn't. What? We we never know, but when when I heard that, I go, wait a minute. You just say the words Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, or Reigns, you know, has been terrorizing. You gave it away. As in, okay, so now we know the Fiend's opponent for WrestleMania, even though the fact that McIntyre won. Dear Lord, dude, Cole, can you please, when you commentate, do not give away obvious fucking mania matches. And two, please get your genders correct. Yes, because that is still highly irritating. These three men in the ring at an all-women's pay-per-view. I will never be able to forget that. And not just the gender fucking problems. It's... Oh, how do I put this? When Michael Cole also announced the Men's Rumble, despite what people say about Lesnar, you have to give the man credit. Um... Yeah, Cole, if you were an audience member and watching Lesnar from afar, that's just, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not trying to be me. Actually, I'm going to be cynic about this. Every single time someone's mentioned the, the greats, Lesnar is not one of those that falls into that category in wrestling fans' world because you are talking about a guy who shows up part-time and you say, despite what people say about him, I don't fucking think so. The man barely defended his championship and you're here defending him why it just dawned on me you are partially the reason why we have matches the way they are because you act as an agent you act as a representative and that may be the reason folks why 8 million people unsubscribed from the network in June and July that's not, I mean, not even two months apart for them to distance themselves from WWE, but because of Lesnar defeating Finn Balor, you know, certain pay-per-views, not just one reason, but because he's managed to suppress or kill off some of the viewers. And I'm just like, okay, you know, listening to Cole announce is very cringeworthy sometimes. And he does a good job of vocal inflections during, you know, his announcing. However, he's not Marl Renault. He's not Corey Graves. He's Michael Cole. 
who's been around the company since 1996. And uh, just want to point out, since that time, you know, he's worked his way up to senior announcer, senior producer, senior creative. However, you know, there are certain points where people listen to podcasts, right, and they finally get it. So Undisputed Imperium, I hate taking credit for that. But I'm, you know... I was probably one of the ones who suggested, what if Imperium faced off with Undisputed? What if, you know, I didn't suggest Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm again. That was probably part of Creative's idea. Like, let's give the fans a neuralizer test. They won't remember. And, by the way, folks, that's a Men in Black reference, so... For those of you who do not watch sci-fi, shame on you. The point is, uh, Michael Cole and his set of announcing kind of just really fucking pisses me off. Because it's like, okay, I'm not going to lie. I was annoyed when I I watched Rumble and, and found him just praising Lesnar, like, oh, you gotta give him credit. Um, no, I'm not gonna give a guy credit that barely, you know, he's showed up more than he has in the past. But, really, I mean, I just, I'm sorry, no, I just don't, I do not believe And people that tell me this guy should be given credit. That's like saying, I'm the greatest fucker here, and you sniveling shits would die without me. Ah, 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 ah. It's breaking out the Lewis Black references again, are we? I mean, we kind of have to because Lesnar is known as a dude who he's really not the greatest guy of reference to be a champion in WWE. Why? Because his track record, folks, speaks for itself. You saw his performance at Rumble. You saw how well he, you know, he did the same offense, you know, it was supposed to be Rumble, right? Same offense. German, German, German. Suplex, that, you know, he only does one suplex, that's fine, I don't fucking care. But at the same fucking token, folks, if you were to watch a gentleman... Who does the same shit over and over and over again. And he eliminates 13 men. And he isn't even... He's not. He's just like Ronda Rousey. He's 
only been in the picture a few times. And yet, we give this dude credit for why? For what fucking reason, Michael Cole? We should give him credit? Not to make this whole segment about Lesnar, because I'm not going to, but it fucking begs the question. If we give him credit, are you going to get off our backs? Like, say what you will, you know, a lot of people discredit him. But you got to ensure that he's a great athlete. Oh, no, no, there's no doubt that Lesnar is athletic, and he can, you know, probably outlift me or anyone else in this fucking room. But to be fucking honest with you, it's like listening to Michael Cole say those words was very cringeworthy. Um, as a fan, you, you sit and you listen to certain commentary and you're just like, oh, yeah, sure. You know, like Marl Ranello, you know, because he does kind of over-talk Seth and, and uh, Nigel. But it's just, they hear the words, you know, oh, you have to give him credit. Lasting as long as he did in the Royal Rumble. Sometimes, Cole, you really kind of set me off with certain things, you know, just, we should give him credit. You should do this. First of all, my friend. I would suggest that you don't tell fans, you know, what to do, and you don't sometimes, but the majority of the time you do, and not just when it was when you were on WWE Raw with Renee Young and Corey Graves, it was more or less, hi, I'm Michael Cole. You should feel a certain way about, you know, certain superstars. That's the imagery I get from you saying that shit about Lesnar and also about Him being a good champion, like, come the fuck on, dude. Him being the universal champion was a shot to the fans' balls. All right? And I'm glad that you're not announcing Charlotte Flair because, dear Lord, I think it was funny that Jerry King Waller is kind of biased, very old school towards, you know, new, new people like NXT. But I'm glad that King was honest with his intentions and also honest with his critiques and his cynicism. Okay. And um, as far as, you know, Charlotte Flair goes tonight, bad props, you know, she did win the Royal Rumble this year in Houston. She went through 29 other women to win the right to challenge any champion. She's about to say who it was until, you know, Rhea Ripley interrupted. Yes, folks, I'm going a bit backwards on my subject matter. But I guarantee you... we should all be used to this by now. Yeah. We should all be used to my shenanigans. Alright? So, here's my deal, y'all. Charlotte, you know, coming out tonight, like I've repeated in loop, was probably the most interesting part of WWE Raw tonight. And I'm happy she won because then people will, 
Well, you know, she always wins everything. She gets things handed to her. No, she doesn't. No, no, she doesn't. Yeah, she's been a part of the main event this amount of years. Who cares? Okay, if Asuka was to win the Royal Rumble, you all would be saying, well, I hope they don't screw her. What would you say, you know, if they did that to Charlotte Flair? You're like, well, that's what she gets. You know, she is daddy's girl. Rick Flair has nothing to do with the creative decisions in WWE. All right? And that matter. I just got to implore you all, you know, this is WrestleMania season, so I'm going to tell you, if you don't have WWE Network, you need to do so. It is completely free, so you get your first month free. You know, if you don't have a valid debit or credit card, and this is a cheap plug in advertisement, but if you do not have a valid debit or credit card, which you need to use if you don't have a preloaded card, a preloaded WWE Network card. You can definitely catch them. Ladyland, if you want to tell them the locations where our fans can pick up a WWE Network preloaded card, by all means, do so. Yeah, right, E-Train. Pick up your three-month WWE preloaded, prepaid WWE Network card at your local GameStop, Walmart, 7-Eleven. Best Buy, Dollar General, CBS, and wherever else gift cards are sold. Well, I mean, folks, it's just a very good balance because if you want to watch WWE Network and your thing and you are severely craving to watch some professional wrestling, not just WWE, I mean, Got millions upon millions of hours of content, and you can catch WCCW, WCW, ECW, PWG, ICW now. Just a whole bunch of W's, but let me just point this out, folks, okay? If you are interested in watching AEW, you can do so. On a Bleacher Report Live app. It features AEW's latest action. So. If you missed. Any action on. You can either pick it up through the Fight Network or, like I said, the Bleacher Report Live. It's free, but AEW likes to charge people for their pay-per-views because that's the type of group they are. They've got great competition, you know, in store, but they also charge people $49.99 on the Bleacher Report Live app or the Fight Network, depending on the state side that you are on. It also depends on, you know, what if you have moolah. So... I just want to point out, you know, the competition is good competition, but at least the network, you know, you pay nine ninety nine a month. They will take a dollar out, folks, your very first month. So, just pointing that out. All right, it is fifteen till one. 
And I'm pretty sure I have time left on my show. I'm 15 to 1 Central Time, sorry. But our time is 1.45 here in the morning in the Northeast. So, oh, 14 minutes left. Oh, cool. All right. I'm going to try and dwindle this down by saying I'm not going to finish the show just yet, but um, to continue on the tirade about, you know, or suggestions about Michael Cole's announcing, he's been doing this for over 20-plus years, right? So, of course, he said on one podcast, it must be doing something right. We're not saying that you don't have the credentials to be a WWE commentator. And after all, he started his career kind of like Renee Young, uh, who started off as a backstage interviewer in NXT. But at least, you know, when Renee announced, it wasn't like Big Joseph where every five, you know, every other hole was, oh! It's not like you stubbed your toe or someone punched you in the fucking gut. I hope they put you back on NXT UK. But Big Joseph, and when... He was announcing with Samoa Joe. It kind of felt like the reincarnated version of Taz and Cole, where Taz would just poke fun at Cole. But anyways, as I was saying, announcing is a big part of professional wrestling. Being a commentator is kind of people's ways, if I were blind, I want you to paint me a fucking picture. Yes, Michael Cole does a brilliant job. Um... You know, like I said, adding vocal inflection, you know, if something big happens. But at the same fucking time, there's just, just no fucking way we can get behind Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry. The man entered the Royal Rumble and eliminated 13 men. And I'm thinking, the majority of those men were from NXT. NXT is a big deal because they're the premier. And then when Lesnar eliminated maybe the 11th or 12th man, it was, you have to give the man credit. He's a great athlete, blah, blah, blah. There's no denying that. But please don't try and sway our viewpoints, Michael. That's, that's all. If we think the way we do, it's because we think the way we do. So... You just have to put in perspective, folks. This is a wrestling podcast, and I know people probably either listen or they don't. And those who listen, thank you. Uh, those who don't, you know, it's no sweat off my brow or sweat off my back. Or Lady Lynn's brow or Lady Lynn's back. So, well, you know, what I have to say is that, yes, Michael Cole's announced style is quite unnerving sometimes. Does it get the point across? Yeah, sometimes. Does he emphasize stuff way too much? Like, it's boss time. <laughs> Just funny, random shit that he'll say make you want to cringe sometimes, but you know. It is what it is. He does have the credentials to be an announcer. So, you know, that's that. But also, dude, not that it's a big deal with some of us, but they're like, who cares? His name is Shinsuke. No, folks. In Japan, that's an insult. 
if you say Shan instead of Sheen, the pronunciation says, I don't know you, but I have respect. Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke, you know. The announcer knows his shit because he tries. Say Shinsuke. Michael Cole's ass, on the other hand, Shinsuke Nakamura, do you know him personally outside the ring, my friend? I don't think so. Even though you've known him probably a good five years because you're part of the talent agents and scouts. Back to basics, folks. The Queen is going to NXT and by Queen. I'm not talking about the one in London by our teams. I am referring to Charlotte Flair. And in closing, yeah, it sucks that Samoa Joe failed the wellness test. This is not the first time that Andrade's had issues with the fucking wellness test. So, not surprised that that occurred. All right. So if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to report tonight, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. And Lady Lynn. And if you didn't like what Lady Lynn had to report on tonight, then let me just say, call me what you will, but don't call this lady crazy. You will regret it. Uh, all righty. All right, folks, I've been slacking a bit on my Wednesday night shows. And, yes, Danny, just fair warning. I'm just going to have to let you listen this time. I love you, dear. I know you appeared last week on my show on Wednesday. I'm off the rails uncensored, but uh, that's not it's not anything to do, you know, with the game. I just – we I have to get this show back on track. Otherwise, you know, I'll let you on this show regardless. But anyhow, toodles, bitches, lady, Lynn, and I got to sleep. You good? Good night, toodles, bitches, part two, 2.0, dig it. <laughs>